0: So I would rather just be an honest person that fosters cats in my apartment in Brooklyn and drink my own matcha and talk to my ancestors and even if they're dead and just like stay in my own lane for the rest of my life if I have to. It's better than selling out and like you said, preying on the vulnerable and being an individual that has unfortunately completely redirected the path of wellness into hell
1: And think of us as your navigators
2: on the bumpy highway to well. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is a really fun conversation with somebody that you are probably familiar with. If you are anybody who has ever paid attention to wellness in the last, I don't know, 15 years, 17 years. (laughs) Totally dating myself, unfortunately. But yeah, that's the real deal. I talked to Candice Kumai, who is... Uh, an amazing multi-hyphenate she's chef, she's a journalist, she's an author, she's a model, she is the host of the Wabi Sabi podcast, and she's got a new book coming out, uh, actually should just be out now on Audible called Spirited, and it was really just a great conversation. It was just me and Candice. Zoe is taking some time off, some much-deserved time, so I'm here holding down the fort, and we just got into it. It's kind of funny that Candace and I have kind of been on parallel paths for a long time over the course of this crazy... Evolution of the wellness world, and never completely met and had a chance to really chat. So, this is just as much, you know, her sharing where she's going with her new book, Spirited, and what she's doing with the work she does, as well as us really kind of just having a a cool, you know, check in, just some girl talk about where we've been, what we've seen as we've watched the wellness landscape unfold before us. And All of the trials and tribulations that come with that, all of the stress and anxiety that come with being an entrepreneur in a space that you see kind of changing its shape, shape shifting, I suppose you might say, um, over the course of the time that you've been in it. And, you know, some real serious reality checks in there, some imposter syndrome, some anxiety, some insomnia, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. Also a little bit about cats, maybe more about cats than you're interested in hearing, but you know. That's what happens when, when the cat's away, then the cat people play. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in and enjoy this chat with Candace Kumai.
1: Hey, co-founders of Earth and Star here. Real quick, what if we told you that your morning cup of coffee could deliver powerful immune support, keep dementia at bay, and help you sleep like a baby? Or that you could improve your gut health and reduce inflammation with a delicious daily gummy? You'd probably say we're full of shiitake.
2: hmm Well, it can, and as it turns out, all of these powerful health benefits are hiding right
1: under our feet, literally, in the form of functional mushrooms, sometimes referred to as adaptogens. Adaptogens. They are fancy plants and fungi chock full of science-backed benefits to help your body restore, defend, and perform every single day earth and star is our line of super premium adaptogen infused goodies goodies what do we got we've got
2: organic Mm. ground coffee in Mm. dark roast hazelnut even decaf for people like me Um, and they're all boosted with a powerful dose of adaptogen extracts to give you the most delicious morning brew with zero crash zero jitters zero zero for
1: real Mm, talk to me i like it but is it actual coffee or that weird muddy tasting coffee replacement that you have to like mix and froth and then convince yourself it tastes good. It tastes like, good I and not hot like hot mud, hot. you mean?
2: <laughs> no, because yeah. um, no, it's actual coffee. We just added in the extracts. So you get extracts for powerful focus, sustained energy, no anxiety, no big whoop.
1: And if that's not your thing, we've also got dark chocolate bars. I mean, fun They're organic. 72% cacao with delicious flavors like mint, orange, sea salt, and all with no weird crap or additives. Most likely you have a daily chocolate habit anyway. So why not make it super delicious and functional while you're at it? Mm-hmm.
2: And what's that? You still need an easier way to make this adaptogen habit stick? I see what you did there. I see Done. Done. I know. Here's what I did. We've got gummies, too. Get it? They stick. Um, nice. And we managed to pack a therapeutic dose into just two little vegan gummies.
1: Two. Two. Not, not four or six because, come on, people, no grown-ass adult needs six gummies a day. <laughs> but if you do, no judgments.
2: No judgments. And no, Earth and Star products do not taste like mushrooms. We will legit give you your money back if you taste even the slightest hint of shroominess. Our products are just like the ones you are already consuming regularly. Real coffee, real chocolate, et cetera. They are just boosted with functionality to help you
1: adapt every day. Adapt every day with all the stuff that comes our way. Oh my God, I just did a rhyme. That was good. Um, That was pretty good. Uh, So check us out at earthandstar.com and or follow us at Co. And if you want 15% off, you can use the code HTW on your first order.
2: I'm so, so, so happy to finally like
0: connect with you because. I know. And how sad that we're neighbors, but you're in Austin right
2: now. (laughs) I'll be back in a month. Don't worry. It's almost over. As soon as the sun comes out to stay (laughs) in Brooklyn, I will definitely be back.
0: Oh yeah, lady, it will be 80 here this week. So it's and you just weird. got back to New York, right? Yeah, that is a great question. So I left in 2018, like close to the the time that you birthed your pod and I birthed mine. Um I was not doing well here and I left for a few years. Um I lived right down the street from where I am now, so it was like nice to come back to Williamsburg, but be in a different place and be virtually in a different place in
2: my life. Amen. And you managed to uh, miss the pandemic in New York, which was not cool. I mean, <laughs> it, it wasn't amazing anywhere, but uh, it was definitely people who, who yeah, were that not was able like a to, like, lucky
0: yeah, exactly. It was like a lucky side effect to be in. I think we were in LA at the time, but it was you know I tried San Francisco, I tried LA. My parents are in San Diego. California is fabulous, but it is too easy for me. And I love a good challenge. So like coming back was... Well, you know how painful New York can be. Yeah, I do. I do. Are you originally from California? Yeah, from San Diego. Okay. So most people ask, um, why why the fuck would you move? I'm like, uh, why the fuck would you stay? Like, no offense, because like all of my (laughs) friends from high school stayed, but it's beautiful and they're surfing and weed and like fabulous, like beach life. It's just too comfortable. I was
2: going to say, if you love a challenge, that's not the place to be. So yeah. And I'm born and raised in New York. So for me, I'm like, sometimes it's okay if it's a little easier, you know? Well,
0: Well, that's why you're in Austin right now. Exactly. That's exactly
2: right. But I really want to meet the cats. You can definitely come and meet the cats anytime. (laughs) I know I've been listening to you talk about your cat. Ooh, you're, I've been listening to you talk about your cat rescue work and, and fostering. And I'm like, Oh Jesus, like now that I know I can't unknow it. And I'm probably going to have to do this because yes. I, yeah, I know.
0: I know. It's, uh, it's, I'll coach you through it. I'll set you up with the right team. There's little wanders NYC. Um, there's best friends, New York, obviously they work together mm-hmm. and it, I can't explain the feeling of like rescuing and actually physically rescuing and working with the trappers oh, and then having the babies with you at home, which is, it's not, it, it's not easy. Are it's they still in your bathroom? Difficult. No, they were. And it was scary. You know, people were like, wasn't it great? I'm like, well, it was diarrhea every day. So like, uh, my, I know everybody really made fun of me because I was like, diarrhea, 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 like all day. It's typical for kittens to have it. Um, but the feral mom was here, and that was like a mistake that we all made. And you know, the cool thing about fostering is like the whole process is a learning curve. Um, and the cat rescue industry actually just lost a beautiful
2: um, I know. legend. That I called- heard your, I'm so
0: sorry. I heard your, note about that. <laughs> oh my god, please don't um send any condolences my way, it's more the family around the youngest old cat lady. Mm. She was so beautiful. And um, I had no idea that anybody that worked so close to cats and kittens like that and was devote to the practice of animal rescue would have um, mental health issues. It was like a wake up call, right? That we all truly don't know each other. And we all can't pretend like we are fully aware of where everybody's at in their life and so that's why at the end of the day like I shared the 988 hotline over and over like it just talked to somebody and um we've all lost somebody close to us that has chosen to leave this world early and sometimes I understand it because it's too much of a burden to bear and sometimes I feel like it's okay to talk to somebody and be down in the dumps but what a huge loss for cat rescue. Um, People need to be educated about TNR and fostering and Mm -hmm. you can't just dive in. That's what I did. And I kind of learned the hard way too. It's a lot. And then you get attached to these creatures and it's like so hard to let them go. And, and also think about how hard this is, Erica, because you're also a cat person and an animal lover too, is you have to like take them to the vet. Like one of the kittens had emergency surgery and you also have to take them to the adoption centers Mm -hmm. and you have to say goodbye to them every time you do. And sometimes they don't get adopted. So you go through this process of like constantly being available for these helpless babies. And it's a beautiful thing, but it's also...
2: It's heartbreaking. I mean...
0: uh (laughs) It
2: is. And what she did was
0: she helped to create a world where it was okay to learn and educate. And imagine if you had one of her babies too, like one of her kittens or cats. I mean, I just thought what a loss for all of us, but we had so much to learn from somebody like her. And I feel like um, the social and volunteer work that I do with cat rescue and also um, with nutrition or food or health or or just like the overall condition of the U.S. in the way, of the state of health, I guess, that we're in, um, I kind of offset the shitty parts of media and our horrible like nightmare of work with doing all this stuff behind closed doors. And I, I don't feel like I need to share it with anyone sometimes because it's like, We all need that time away. I was listening to your episode with Terry Cole, who I love. She's wonderful. And and I said, right. She's like, so the real deal, Erica. Totally. You guys were talking about how it's like, we wanted more boundaries. And then during the pandemic, it almost got a little bit more heightened. Yeah. Like people wanted to reach out to you all the time. Um, if you correlate that with that recent movie or it's like a, a Netflix show called beef. Ali Wong plays this wonderful character. We're behind closed doors. Like you have no idea. She's, she's a woman like us, like a public figure type of woman that's powerful and works in home decor and has lots of like fancy events. She gets invited to and in a public facing career but at home she is suicidal and, um, wants to end her life. And I, I thought to myself, wow, this is a very brave sentiment to share on a series that most people would consider to be hilarious. It's, it's Allie Wong with Stephen Young. And yeah, it was, it was heavy and, um, I wish more people were a little bit more self-aware, like maybe you and I are a bit older and wiser now than when we were first introduced. So I'm actually really happy that we're meeting after the pandemic instead. Yeah,
2: yeah. well, I think uh, it's provided a certain type of context that you know you can't hear from somebody and um, just sort of take their word for it. You really have to kind of go through it. And to your point about boundaries and also to your point about, Mental health. I mean, thank God we actually are now really starting to talk about it. If there's one positive thing, I think there are there are silver linings, and you you can look at it as though there are silver linings. Maybe for some people there aren't. For me, there certainly are some silver linings. Um, but I think that just the level of awareness that we now have about you know exactly what you're saying, like people who are really struggling, and even if it looks on the outside like their shit is all together and you know there's no symbol or signal um it, it's really important to pay attention to those you know kind of nonverbal nonvisual cues and and just check in with somebody and kind of have like a buddy system.
0: Um, I agree so and that is not something that everybody participates in and they have this, I suppose narcissistic need for attention and thirst and it is it's gotten increasingly dangerous, I think and it's like, don't you want to spend any time with work and friends and pleasure outside of this social space and this bubble? Like this is virtually an app with your thumbs, and this is not real life. You know, it's I love telling people on my podcast too that I'm a shitty person know, and I'm terrible. A lot. <laughs> I say it all the time, right? I'm always that is like not oh, an by the example way. of positive self-talk. <laughs> Oh, I would I totally totally know that, but because you and I are sort of like part of the OG crew in wellness,
2: we are fucking dinosaurs. (laughs) Yes.
0: More on that in a minute. (laughs) We are, yeah, we can say it. It's okay. I know, right? We're told we're told to be humble. We're told to be kind. We're told to be so self loving. I I'm an, an immigrant kid. Like my dad's from Poland, my mom's from Japan. I like telling myself that I'm a shitty person because it puts me in check. Like I've done, I also say this all the time too. I say I've done so many bad things in my life, like societal norm bad that like, I don't have anything to lose at this point, but to just put it all out there. And I think that's where we're at right now too, Erica, that makes our conversation way more alluring now than it would have been just like five years ago is like, oh, wow, we finally back all the layers of the onion and everybody's at this like center core where if you're fake as fuck, like it will show yes. beyond. I mean, there yes. are Reddit boards already written about you and don't go check. I'm not talking <laughs> about you, but, you know, I know. <laughs> the people that aren't practicing what they preach, the people that preyed on those vulnerable people that do have mental health issues, the people that made up these videos and this narrative that you needed to be X, Y, and Z to be perfect, or you needed to only be joyous or the light or positive. And we know, especially after the pandemic, that that's not true. Mm -hmm. And nobody is a light all the time. And my boyfriend's father is a suicide therapist and he always says, watch out for the people that are the connoisseurs of the light. Because those people that present themselves that way in that manner all the time are the most questionable of all. Mm -hmm. Usually it means that there is a flip to that light. And I can openly talk about my darkness now, whereas maybe just like six years ago while writing the last book, Kintsugi Wellness, I think I was really still afraid to share my ugly side Mm -hmm. and all the addictions and the men and the boys and the drugs and the partying And I think people found it surprising, but also like almost a a sigh of relief to be more of myself. And as you know, on podcasts, we can finally be much more of ourselves. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm not going to go on the Today Show, you know, in two weeks and do a great job and be buttoned up and be a professional because that is my job as a, you know, a writer and a contributor. But I think it's also really important to let people know that we're not perfect you're not perfect, and it's it's okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think it's it's interesting that, I mean, as you've said and as you've seen, you know, this wellness industry space, whatever you want to call it, has absolutely exploded since we've been a part of it. Right? I mean, you know, we go back 2007 is when we launched Blueprint, and people didn't use the word wellness. People, you know, social media didn't exist it's, it's unbelievable to me to have watched this landscape sort of just, you know, blossom and explode sometimes in great ways. And then sometimes to your point, you know, you kind of get a lot of the, the, the predators and the charlatans kind of crawling out of the woodwork to see where they find the vulnerabilities. But I think that, um, I think, you know, now is the time, like you're saying, where a lot of that really kind of, you know, gets put to the test and you see who's still around, who's got some longevity, who was kind of a flash in the pan and, you know, sort of saw their way to the door pretty quickly. But with that, I'm actually curious um, uh, to you on, the, on a more tactical level, uh, just because, I mean, we can, you know, we can we can wax on about this all day, but um, I, I do have questions for you regarding just the, the tactical, like the practical stuff, because We've seen a lot of trends. We've seen a lot of information and then misinformation and counter arguments about a lot of the things that we've been out there, not only promoting, but also actually embracing for ourselves. And so, I mean, do you have, are there certain things that you feel like you have carried over from the very early days that these are the practices or the products or the, the tools that you use that are still relevant? And then are there some that you're just like, oh my God, I cannot believe I did that, let alone endorsed it or, or supported it. And how do you kind of reconcile that with yourself?
0: Oh, it's so great. I just was going to say, um, this is a great question, Erica, because it goes back to the Japanese like childhood years where my mom um, taught me really young when growing up that uh, you kind of set the example. Like by they have have this Japanese term oyano oyano se mite kobaso datsu, which means children learn by what they see, not by what their parents say, mm-hmm. but rather by what they do. So I think I picked up, um, my mom is a Japanese language and cultural teacher from Tokyo to San Diego and LA. And my father is a nuclear auditor. But before that, he was drafted in the US Navy. And he served in the military when he was like 19. And so my mom showed me how to work with integrity. She was always honest. She didn't talk shit about other people. She was graceful. She dressed beautifully for class. She buttoned up. She spoke well. My father would give these like speeches in the hallway practicing for his nuclear auditing. He once told me, if you think your job is stressful in my line of work, there is zero room for error. And I said, oh, nuclear auditing. Like, I got it. So we audited a nuclear power plant, San Onofre, by this surf spot called Trestles in San Diego for Like 30 years. So he kind of had a lot of responsibility and he was on it. He had his pager. He would show up to work if they paged him, whether it was one, two or three in the morning. Um, And so I had a really good example. My Mm -hmm. grandfather was a POW on the Polish side captured by the Russians and he had to escape off of a moving train, which is a real story. And then... My mother's side survived the nuclear bomb of Nagasaki by a hundred miles, and actually by a certain choice of weather. So the U.S. soldiers that were preparing to drop the second bomb of the World War, they looked at the weather from all of their capability at the time during that morning, and it wherever it was clear enough for them to see this, there was a T-shaped bridge in Nagasaki that was their goal but nearby there were a couple other points one being i believe the city of oita which is basically where my grandparents lived mm-hmm. and they chose nagasaki because the weather was more clear there and it you know studies show that two generations before us like their history so your grandma and grandpa erica they can live through you the pain the suffering the sorrow so again, like all of the storytelling that I do in my books and reporting and podcasts and on the shows, it's just from the heart. And I go direct to the sources in Japan or to my father's side of the family. And I I love learning, regurgitating how to take the family history and the history of different cultures and share it with you in a way that makes sense. So essentially, I'm I'm a messenger, a storyteller. It means, number one, always be honest. As my mom taught me, you better be honest or I'm going to be embarrassed. <laughs> so I think about her in the back of my head all the time. Yeah. And then the second thing is, you don't want to present a story that's not worth telling. You know, like in the climate that we're in right now, Erica, it is imperative that your work stands out. You can choose to be scandalous. You can choose to take all your clothes off. You can choose to be a piece of shit, shitty person and be a con artist. Or as Chris Rock says, you can choose excellence, which is the hardest of all, which is what he uses Serena Williams as a brilliant example. That one's gonna take the longest and it will always be the path that I will take, even if it is the hardest one of all. I virtually have no choice because the others viscerally, like I can't do. So I would rather just be an honest person that fosters cats in my apartment in Brooklyn and drink my own matcha and talk to my ancestors. And even if they're dead and just like stay in my own lane for the rest of my life, if Mm -hmm. I have to, Mm -hmm. it's, it's better than selling out. And like you said, preying on the vulnerable and being an individual that has, unfortunately, completely redirected the path of wellness into hell. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say highway to hell, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, I know. I thought about your odd name for a little bit. I was like, oh, I get
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they can be adjacent. That's sort of the problem now, right?
0: Here you go. Hey, I mean, that is a great we You and I are smack in the gray between the two. And we're like sitting here like, what the fuck? Are you guys fucking seriously this dumb? And the answer (laughs) is yes. Yeah. Don't ever be surprised that the general public is believing the Kool-Aid and drinking it too.
2: Yeah. Don't I know it? Um, (laughs) Well, so, okay. In in this vein on the topic of things that are hellish, um, I mean- (laughs) The social media question, right? Like this is this is an age-old debate at this point. As we just discussed, you know, you and I both came up in a time where social media didn't even exist, let alone Correct. become the core driving factor of how you become a success or not. And that's up for debate as well. But, I mean, the reality is you do have to engage with it on some level and we can all have our detox and step away and blah, blah, blah. We feel better when we don't. I definitely feel better when I don't scroll or look, I don't have my alerts turned on. Like I do everything I can to not have to engage, but there comes a point where you do have to put some shit up there if you were going to try to advance. So how do you, like, where do you draw the line? How do you, I noticed, I mean, and I could be wrong. I noticed though, like on your feed, for example, you don't have as many recent static posts as you do stories, um, which is kind of my MO too. Like it feels easier to tell a story because it's sort of ephemeral and I can decide later if I want to really memorialize it. Um, but like, what is your strategy for not letting it just eat you alive? Because you're way more entrenched in it than I am. Um, I'm impressed and inspired and also very daunted by the things that you have done. Oh, very there. Good.
0: No, same. I mean, that <laughs> is so kind of you to say I came up in TV. And so because I was in front of the camera, like my whole career, I was like a host at home shopping network when I was 25. And then I hosted the show on lifetime, a cooking show when I was 26. And then we came out with a book that became a New York Times seller by 28. And all of those little chunks of my career led me to believe the next step was getting my own show on food network. And then lo and behold, one person said no after going through many pilots and many shoots and many productions. Um, and I was crushed, you know, cause we're talking about like a 26 year old that didn't get her dream job. And it turned out to be the greatest blessing in the world because I broke up with the boyfriend in LA. I moved my ass to New York at 28. I had like $200, $300 in my bank account from working really odd jobs. Like all the shows got canceled. They didn't get renewed. I didn't get any work. I mean, this is very common for a lot of artists, hosts, TV personalities, et cetera, actors. Um, and we, you just have to pick the shit up and put the pieces back together. And for me, the calling was New York. When I moved, I had a fifth floor walk up on Avenue C and, and either 11th or 12th. It was next to the last squat house in New York. And I said, fuck it. Like, I'm going to live here and make friends with everyone. I don't care. It was after Top Chef, which was, um, I was on the first season of the show. Mm-hmm. And the, I believe the youngest person that was ever on at 22. So I still had friends here that were on the show, which... They, Cynthia in particular, Jay Z and Beyonce's personal chef, she trained me after I went to culinary school. I cooked on the line at the Ritz Carlton. I cooked on the line at Roy's. And then I trained with her. So we did like lavish parties in the Hollywood Hills, in Malibu, and also in the Hamptons. So I did a lot of work before we had the best selling book. And it led to other books. And I kept writing for all the magazines. Everyone you can name I've written for. The I mean, it includes like Vogue and Cosmopolitan and Bon Appetit, et cetera. But and I was actually on the masthead at Shape and Men's Fitness and a columnist at Men's Health and Women's Health. And then the crazy regurgitation of social media happened where people were just like constantly posting. And I noticed it, but I I lived in Brooklyn off of the Lorimer and Grand Stop at the time. Which was right next to the projects, which I kind of liked. I cooked at the Brooklyn kitchen. Um, I was teaching there as an instructor. I had a cute little bike. I used to see Sam Mason all over town, like he was my neighbor. I'm sure I ran into you at some point, Erica. (laughs) Um, And Sam Mason married one of my friends now, which which is so funny how intertwined our worlds are. And I was so poor and I didn't know how to make rent. And then all my friends were on Instagram and they were like, you got to join this new thing. Mm -hmm. And I finally fell prey to it because the younger girls on my team forced me to. And I quickly realized that um, it was a little bit of a trap. And I started pointing it out to other people over the years. I never bought follower. I don't know if I have any fake followers, essentially everybody has bots that follow them, but there are a lot of people out there that were dishonest and just distruthful and they bought their following and they buy their likes and they buy their comments. And for you and I, Erica, that is the saddest place to be in wellness. When you are buying your fame and you are buying your audience, it is very parallel to doing steroids. It's like, mm-hmm to be something that you're not and exposing it to the world like you ain't gonna get caught.
2: That well, funny. and it's even doubly worse because you're doing all those things in the name of being like stable and balanced and a role model for people to optimize their lives. So that's 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 kind of fucked up.
0: No, so it is the best way for you and I to have this convo that's been so hard to have for the last like five six years. I have been very confused by what people in wellness have portrayed and what people have been selling to the vulnerable mm-hmm. the sick the lonely i mean i will pour my heart out to you out of my own pocket on my very you know small little podcast and give you the best advice i can but by no means am i ever going to tell you to buy this or buy that in order to be a better human being it's virtually all inner work it's meditation it's good sleep it's laying off of the alcohol and the drugs and the partying and the codependencies whatever your things are like I've had them all and um I haven't even been able to tell my story from junior high and high school I always just tell people I was a bad kid and that's all people know but There's a lot in there that I've had to sit back with and sort of process. And I also like Erica, I buried so much bad stuff that happened to me on Top Chef with one of my last relationships with my addiction to sleeping pills, which I talk about briefly in my new book, Spirited. Um, You know, there's a list of drugs. It's not that I'm proud of doing them, but I just started doing them very young, like Mm -hmm. close to. Or 16, and I'm almost 41 in a few weeks, and I could give a shit about what other people are doing in wellness. A lot of my work, like I said, comes from my heritage, my colleagues in Japan, my family in Europe, like the inner work, the inner spirit guides, and people like you that come from my close minute community that I trust. That, as you said, a lot of us have stood the test of time for a reason. Mm And that is because a lot of us are truthful and respectful and elegant and graceful, and we do not buy into the hype. And when you brought up um, the word wellness not being used early on, when I lived in that same apartment that I was like poor and couldn't make rent on Lorimer and Grand stop at Stag Street, Melise and Alexia called me and they said, will you do a quinoa guide with us? I think
2: the year was 2006, uh, seven. Okay, I was going to say it might have been closer to ten, but yeah, okay, that makes sense. The
0: quinoa Guide. <laughs> oh yes, no, you're right. It was close to ten, um, and I, I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that because I like cooking, you know, better for you or like just fucking delicious things made out of real food. And um, my friend Sam Talbot from Top Chef was working with them, and it felt like a good family to be in. So. The long short is, is I never really bought into hype because I'm an immigrant kid. I moved here with a suitcase and a dream. I'm not a Nepo baby. My parents did not believe in my work. My mother, when I went to culinary school, virtually said, You can cook for your friends. You can never cook for a living, okay? (laughs) And I said, Fuck you. Watch me. And I went to culinary school and I just paid for it by fit modeling because that was all I could do to make a lucrative buck while I was paying for $50,000 out of my pocket at 21 and 22 years old out of college. Um You know, does it matter that I have all this experience? I don't know anymore.
2: You know, it's <laughs> time that we live right. in. It doesn't. And that's, mean, it should, it should, but we don't know if it does. That's the only
0: part that fucks me up, Erica. Yep. Everything else I can handle. And you're right. I have like a grasp on not getting sucked in. But what I can't understand is not looking at people's credibility, integrity. Even if somebody claims they're a doctor, look at their reviews, you know? Like a doctor should be for the people, not for their narcissistic posts on social media. They should be helping people with their health. I would go back to school and become a doctor any day. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that my greatest calling is in teaching people how to cook better foods and showing them that like, I'm not a perfect person. And it you don't have to be in order to be in the wellness sector. You can still write, you can still report on the news. You can be a journalist, a writer, director, producer. I've done all of the above. And you can be a good fucking person and be honest while doing so. Because at the end of the day, if I can leave one legacy behind, it would be that she was honest and her work was meaningful and it helped people. It helped people from the deepest place of wanting to be of service to others, not wanting to make money, be famous, be beautiful, greedy, and powerful.
2: Amen. And she didn't use OZEMPIC. (laughs) (laughs) no when i still fit into a a nice pair of jeans look at you with your cute skinny jeans
0: (laughs) here we go the shortbread
2: (laughs) (laughs) but see that's the whole point right like shortbread and skinny jeans is kind of the point so
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm like addicted to these those things are fucking good
2: yeah they are really good they're so good
0: why do they sell them at trader Joe's? (laughs)
2: I'm like, stop selling these because I keep buying them. They're so good. Well, it's also a testament, right? If Trader Joe's hasn't figured out how to make them themselves, then you know oh, that those yeah. guys are onto something.
0: <laughs> you would know. I think the story of Blueprint is so fascinating, Erica. If you don't hear it enough, you really were the pioneer in the movement of the juice cleanse. And I I take my hat off to you and Zoe for doing this so beautifully. It was like executed well. I remember the typography, I remember the blue colors, I remember the, um, I bought it all the time. Um, I couldn't not fully, I had to do it with food sometimes, but- Yep, me too. Very (laughs) smart, and it was very unique for the times. Thank you. I think it's it's a great intro to the pod too, because you two have this great- like I was just saying, like you have this innate ability to ask other people, like, how are you doing it now? And like, how did it work for you? Or how didn't it work for you? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a great topic to bring up in our now extremely overcrowded and super fucked place of wellness.
2: I know. I know. I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot. Um, and thank you for your thank you for your patronage. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like looking back on that time, you know, obviously we, we don't, we didn't know what we didn't know. um, And even today it's, it's, we don't know what we don't know, but I feel like there's a difference between, you know, the story that, that we have that is completely and totally authentic. I mean, you're saying like, you listened to that episode where we told the entire story of Blueprint and how it came to be. And it came by really, really just genuine, like, there is a need. We may have a solution. Let's see how this goes. And then to see so many businesses out there now, and I'm not knocking all of them. I think there's always room to be like a second mover and like, you can make improvements on someone else's thing. You don't have to be the originator of an idea, right? Like I'm not suggesting that there's, there are finite ideas in the world. But I think that there is a visceral difference between a product or a brand that is out there sheerly because they see that someone else has done it and they're like, hey, look over here, you know, look what we're doing too. And it, it it shows in the quality of the product, in the way that they communicate. Like you can read text or I can read text, you're a journalist, you can read text on a screen and know when it is disingenuous. And like, for me, if I have one thing that I want to just get up on my soapbox about in having to do with building businesses. It's like be fucking authentic and learn how to reach a consumer in a way that you would want to be reached, which means like, And and I want consumers to understand, like, really do your research and read and understand what it is that you're buying and who you're buying from and what else they may have done before, because there are some really obvious red flags out there. And
0: oh my God, I feel like we're sisters, like, cut from the same cloth. Like, even if we tried, it's true, even if we tried to, like, I've been here, how many brands I've said no to that offered. I, I would say it probably turned down a million dollars worth of work over the years. Slim Fast, no. Uh, Weight Watchers, no. Monsanto, no thanks. Have you read my books? Um, Diet Coke, Splend- or Splenda, and Sweet and Low, and Equal. Like There's more, but I don't need to go through the whole gamut. But I just I wish more people. Boy, did I wish that they gave credit to those of us who didn't want to be on Instagram, who got started far before, who were on the trajectory to becoming like the women that we knew that we were born to be. And then we got completely cockblocked by social media and social media opened up the wild, wild West, which opened up opportunity for con artists. There's a very fine line between a con artist and an artist And I would like to think that people were more aware of the differences, but they are not. Because as I learned as a host at Home Shopping Network when I was 25, like people want you to tell them what to do. So you tell them what to buy, how to buy it, when to buy it, buy it now, and sell the shit out. And it was one of the first places where I learned how to present on TV, which was a blessing. But I quickly was able to see what you feel and see too, Erica, which is the fakeness and what I call hypeness, which is just a real shame. And I that's why I work with Cat Rescue and Homeless and The Hungry, because these people cannot help themselves and the animals cannot help themselves. We genuinely have to step up and be their helping hand. There is so much suffering in our world. And unless we face the suffering and our own demons and do the work, how can you preach to other people to fucking do the same? Like you're a piece of shit. I just said I was a piece of shit like 10 times on my podcast. I'm probably much better than I once was, but I definitely took time out to do work on myself, see a psychotherapist, to go to therapy, to get off of my own addictions, to stop dating like the massive amounts of like New York men, things that would never work out and face my own demons and say like, okay, Candace, like things won't always work out the way that you expected them to. So when there is a course redirect, go with it and stop fucking fighting it all the time and listen to yourself and be the example that you wish to see, because you know that God put you in this place because this is where the trajectory of your career has taken you. And boy, your Japanese mother would be so ashamed if you didn't make it all the way. So wherever that leads us, Erica, she will always be in the back of my mind, especially because the Japanese population is dwindling very rapidly. And most people are not aware of this. And they also think Japan is Tokyo. And Tokyo is a really beautiful mirror of New York City, but in Asia. Um, So I like to speak of the countryside and the coastline and the California of Japan called Kyushu, where my mother is from in southern Japan, and really just tell these stories of truth and honor from a place of culture and heritage and tradition, rather than trends, fame, fortune, hype, and just utter bullshit. It's hard to look at YouTube. It's hard to look at Instagram and TikTok um will start to probably give people like seizures.
2: I can't, I can't it's very I can't
0: do it. <laughs> very bad for the human psyche. And I I think that overall, like if we're both, you know, in our thirties and forties, I'm not sure if it's for our audience, but you and I will both understand this as, as well. Like, we need to be good examples for our youth, especially for young girls, because suicide is on the rise. And I think it's it's really hard to be a good example while you're continuously posting on there because your agents and managers expect you to. It's another thing to stand up and say, I'm not really interested in this. I'm going to be honest with you. And therefore, it's not where my time will be spent. And if you're a true businesswoman, and I know you know this, Erica, then you spend time curating your newsletter, your website, and your podcast. And that trifecta alone is far more powerful than a site that can get shut down tomorrow.
2: Mm -hmm. Totally agree. You have to own your own content 100%. Absolutely. And it's fucking dangerous too. Like,
0: I'm sure if you and I were their age, we would be on there. But we're you know, we're like that front line now and we have to set a better example. And I sound like a boring old woman, but I also, I know what my demons are. And I know that if I was a young girl and I was addicted to that app, like so many on my team have confided in me and said they are addicted to it and they're worried and they have body dysmorphia, they have face dysmorphia, they have eating disorders, they have... Psychological issues. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, do I we know. just have? To I feel like we aware. dodged a
2: bullet. I mean, I'm older than you are, but I think that I, I've never oh, been more. God. Really, with oh, that yes, clavicle, <laughs> with the jet <jet-letage>, watch, Erica. <laughs> oh my god, this clavicle has been around the block. Later, let me. Tell you <laughs> Every time I shoot with
0: men, we do like beauty, you know, for Shiseido or whoever the client is. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, the decolletage. And they'll be like, excuse me, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Are you talking about like a green juice? I'm yes, saying, no. just say yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's interesting hearing you talk. I do feel like, and I know we, we have to wrap it up and I really would actually sit here all day and, and just get into yes. this. and Maybe yes. we need to do Wait. that anyway. But um, I feel like, and you probably already you know, wear this, but for you in particular, it's like, you know, wellness is more your sort of your means to a totally different end. It's not, it's not the end in itself, which I think is what separates you. And I think what separates me in many ways from a lot of these folks, like is you're using it as a tool to really just be this. I mean, you're kind of more of like a spiritual leader, and your book is called spirited, and we got to like plug the book and talk about what you're doing. But um, it's interesting to really think about it in those terms, right? Like some people, this is kind of just like, their thing and, and what they do. And then in other cases, I think like in yours, this is just a tool that you use to kind of get to your, your bigger message or your bigger duty.
0: Yeah. And the surprising part, first of all, side note, asterisk side note, you guys, um, Erica looks so good. I (laughs) did not believe you when you said that. And I think that your green juice shit really worked.
2: (laughs) I don't think that you
0: guys. Endorsed by Candace <laughs> by seeing the decolletage on Erica. Um, oh no, it was phenomenal. Thank you. And not that looks are the most important thing. Like you're also a beautiful person and you're successful and you have a lot to say that is very noteworthy. Um, this is the weirdest thing to bring to the forefront, like as a more of a zeitgeist perspective, where we are in societal, like, norms terms. Okay, I'll be the first fucking person to bring cocaine, partying, and boys into a book where I talk about the Buddha and suffering, the Four Noble Truths, and the Eightfold Path. I don't know many people who can put the same two stories together, but I can because I've been around the block. Your clavicle's been around. My (laughs) mantra (laughs) has gone around this place for... A while, there's a boy that once woke up next to me and took a picture of my cat. And I was like, are you trying to use this as proof of something? Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> um, and I remember boys that would leave my apartment that would virtually say, um, I had a great time last night. I really enjoyed the view. And I don't mean that view. Ew. They would say, call me whenever you want. Like the trajectory of those lines, obviously in my career, you know, we're talking like 10 years ago to where I am now in a healthy relationship. We totally have open combos about where we both have come from and who we are now and how we both went through what we call our kintsugi process, which is when you're your absolute fucking most broken self. And then you like have to do the work to put the pieces back together I think that when you meet other people who've gone through that, you tend to have a much more enriched conversation through good character and good energy. And if you haven't gone through tough times, not to say that you will have to prepare for it, but I like to talk about how the darkness is just as important as the light.
2: 100%
0: you don't really learn a lot from the light, right? Like when things are fucking great all the time. No, you don't
2: learn anything. And I mean, it's it's cliche, but it's true. It's like you can't actually appreciate the light without the darkness. It's the entire principle of most Eastern philosophy and for a reason. Um, so yeah, I. I, I and, but I think that to your point, like it's actually more important to focus and pay more attention to the darkness and not just be aware that it's there, but really to to spend some time in it, which is not fun and it's not easy and it sucks. But I think it, yes. it, that's the only way that you really do grow. So
0: Absolutely. And if if you are going through a place where you feel stuck, where like everything's fucking shitty, or I know you and I struggle with all the things that we talked about today that we don't even want the world to know about. Like, I never wanted the world to know that I I can't stand social media. It's not something I want to do. It's not, I wasn't in school to study social media. I was in school to study communications and interpersonal communications and to write books and journalism and shoot shows and direct and write and edit. I don't care about these platforms, but society has made them our new norm. And so you and I have to go through more suffering because we are constantly up against a wall but that's where podcasting is really beautiful because we can share stories mm-hmm. in real time and sort of take the mask off. And then also, like we we're saying, just like every day, if you can do little things um, for others or just be a good person, like you, just having this podcast is a is a real gift. And if you can realize that the new zeitgeist is, you can live a full life do whatever the fuck you want and still end up being a spiritual person. They said somewhere or someone once said, the first half of your life is for the body, party, sex, boys, drugs. The second half of your life is for the spirit.
2: I love it. And your book is called Spirited and everybody needs to yes. free order it and they don't have to pay for it, right? They can do like a free no, thing. you're on, right. On Audible. audible. Yes.
0: Which it's spirited.com slash audible. Um, and you can just download it. And April 27th, it yes. will be out, out. Yeah. So by the time this
2: runs, I think, because we're going to run right around the same time. So it'll be perfectly timed. Ooh, perfectly, and yeah. perfectly timed. Perfectly imperfect. Um, oh my God, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And I'm so glad to finally have this connection because it's long overdue, but at the same time, I think right at the right time.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Erica. Thank you so much, Candace. You're welcome. Thank you.
2: <laughs> thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Give us a couple of stars. Give us five whole stars. They don't cost you anything. And you can find out more information on our website at htwpodcast.com. And you can follow us on social at Earth and Star, which is at Earth and Star Co. Thanks so much.